and welcome to the Sensibility Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Baker, a financial advisor, money mindset coach, and all-out money guru when it comes to creating the financial future you are after. This is the podcast where we make talking money normal and manifesting into our lives practical. I share with you money mindset tips and tricks as well as practical financial strategies to help you create the financial life and relationship with money that you deserve. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome back to the Sensibility Podcast. I've had quite a bit of a break and in that break, I actually had an amazing opportunity to be on a podcast with our guest today, Ryan Watson from Tribeca Financial. And we had such a good chat that I just went, oh, you've got to come on my show. So welcome. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Amy. Thanks very much for having me. Um, I loved our conversation and for those who haven't heard it, um, it is through the Ensemble platform. It was um, sponsored by MLC and it was really around, I guess, um, the importance of, under, you know, the mindset and the importance of, our, I guess, financial well-being. So I thought we'd take that a little bit further. For me now to get to know more around Ryan, what uh, your business is about and sort of, I guess, your, your, you know, your specialty, your sweet spot in what you do. Yeah, and once again, you know, thanks, thanks for the opportunity, Amy. So um, it's an interesting journey for Tribeca over the last 12, 13 years. Um, we started off the fact that we knew there was more for financial advice. It wasn't what was being put out there, um, you know, largely banks and products. Um, I did never understood why it wasn't far more client-centric. It wasn't about building long-term trusted relationships where you truly understand sort of the client's goals, have the conversations that need to be had, and they're not always the most the easiest, but they're always worthwhile. And then off the back of that, designing those goals and building a financial strategy that would then give the clients the best chance in order to live what we call their good life. So that's what I didn't understand about the industry and why it wasn't there. And that's the passion and that's the burn behind Tribeca in a nutshell. It's um, how do we take our clients on a journey we call it peeling the layers of the onion. You know, the work he's never done. And once every 36 months, there's a birth, death, marriage, divorce in you know, people's lives. So how can we be that trusted partner, uh, metaphorically stand beside them and go on that journey with them? That's that's truly what we're passionate about. Yeah, I, I, that totally resonates with me. And that's sort of, I guess, what has kept me going in business, even though the journey has been incredibly challenging at times, is just the satisfaction of having that long-term relationship and seeing that what we do does make a difference to people's lives. Unfortunately, the general public really don't get these stories as much as we would love them to hear. Um, we've had such a bad rap that especially last te- decade um, with Royal Commission and a lot of, you know, the coming, the undoing of I guess, the advice businesses within banks and those kind of larger financial institutions. And it has been more around, you know, I guess, business and building sort of focused on profit and KPIs and sales versus what we do in the in the sense of really looking after people and taking them on that journey. And I sort of, you know, we if you really un, that layer, I love the idea of unlayering the onion as that, we all kind of come along with our emotional baggage when it comes to money. So with that said, um, I haven't really prepared any questions. I thought we'd just have a very open conversation around this. When you see clients, what I'd love to just know some of the doozies that have come forward, like you've gone, oh, wow, here we go. We've got to do some a huge bit of unpacking. It might be that the situation's a bit messy, but sort of getting through once we're looking at the financials and the actual facts and figures to what's sort of really been going on underneath to get them to where how they got to you and where they are now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is the part we genuinely love, Amy. So whilst I haven't been a practicing advisor for a number of years, we are big here at Tribeca internally and externally sharing these stories. So the piece that I know our advisors love most about the journey is seeing a prospective client for the first time through our discovery process, generally a partner couple, and them having the realisation, the fact they're not on the same page. We really focus on the people first, um, what's important to them in their life. We do a live, love, learn and legacy exercise with our clients. And it's those moments where, um, you know, you might have a partner couple having been together for 15, 20, 25, 30 years, no matter what it is, 
and go, I've never heard you say that. And that's where you know, that's where the real gold, I'm even getting the tingles now, right? That's where the real gold is in advice. So once we've got that down on a page, we're at that level of trust, we're having those conversations, the short, medium and long-term goals generally flow pretty quickly from our clients. And then humbly, we're experts in the day-to-day around the financials. It's somewhat simple for us to build what's the cash flow strategy, what's the investment strategy, and how do we build the right contingency strategy, personal risk insurance, and then the estate planning conversation that underpins that and gives them the best chance. So it's, whether you call it light bulb, penny drop, whatever you want, it's, it's those moments, traditionally with a partnered couple, where they get back to being on the same page. It's even, sometimes it happens before they get to us through a discovery because it's it's the conversation they have before they hit our office. They have some expectation about what their hour and a half discovery process will be like, but it's, it's not the fourth, but it's the half an hour, hour conversation about the, the trip into our office. What are we going to discuss today? And they start to get more on the same page, do that appointment. Then it's from the elevator onwards that they continue to get on that same page, have those discussions and get really aligned and not to throw a line at you. It's just so much more than money. It's, it is, it's not what it is. It's what it does and what it allows them to experience. That's, that's the passion for us. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love this live, love, learn legacy legacy yeah that's right so pillars yes that and they they govern the conversation in the long term for us so this is not necessarily our work you know this is we've we've looked at the the, uh, coaching realm and the well-being realm and what are the right structures how can we overlay that in a financial well-being setting for us so what we're aiming for in our clients is to give them an increased sense of security and freedom of choice. So, you know, where do they want to live in 10 years and why is that important? How do they want to love in 10 years? And that's, you know, around family or aging parents or aging kids, right? The legacy, this is where we get the real goal as well around what do they want their living legacy to be? Um, is it when they understand what financial retirement looks like for them? Not necessarily retirement. Do they choose a different career? Do they do charity work, do you know, drive a lo- local community, but, you know, this, this is the goal. This is where we see them lighten up. Sorry, light up. So increased sense of that security and that freedom of choice, it gives them uh, the autonomy and the ownership to make the decisions that they really want. Absolutely. That's so fun. I'm going to adopt that. I'm sorry. I'm, right. um, yeah, no I'm taking that on. And any who anyone who's listening to this that are in yeah. the advice space, um, I think they'd probably just grab that as a, a gold nugget because, you know, I'm also of that belief, as, and as you know, interviewing me and hearing some of the stuff that I do is that you know the the underlining emotions and the passions and their values and their goals are really what's going to give us that um insight to create that financial plan you know mm-hmm. if you've got somebody who has this goal to be I've got a client recently who's come on board and she's in her 30s and she's working with um in the philanthropist space and in the charity space so it, it was really really clear that We've got to really work on building that sort of get her on that wealth journey where every year she's got money that she's going to be contributing to, to a chosen charity. You know, so I sort of like that's that's the thing. Keep finding those key things that are going to keep them driving forward. For the fact that that's a goal in itself, it means that we've got to lift her. She's self-employed. We've got to lift her to a point where she's got this tax problem and then she can create a tax deduction with this contribution to a charity and she's feeling like she's being like her clients that she aims to be as she grows in her wealth journey there's other clients there that want to actually you know never really thought about it they just thought they were just plodding along doing everything no wonder they were frustrated because they'd never had anyone actually ask them about what was really important and what their life would look like if they didn't you know if money was no object whatever whatever you wanted to do what would you do and, it, and it's really about that in-depth high trust goal setting process that then enables or allows clients to attach a feeling or emotion to those that will then be the driver because invariably when life gets tough or you know it throws them a curveball we are there but we're not always there right so if they're empowered it's their goal we've built the strategy they own it and can understand it and explain it and execute it it gets them through some of those tough times interesting point you also make Amy around you know, documented goals as well. We often see 
people can give themselves a really hard time about financial decisions they make or don't make or potential constraints they put on their life because they don't have a documented plan. They think it needs to be complex, it can be as simple as a one pager, and that is our tensoring out in terms of what we use. But the amount of shame and guilt and things like that that people put on themselves when invariably that checking with a really good advisor, sitting down, having that documented plan is particularly the goals. People are often doing a lot better than they give themselves credit for, but we are our own harshest critic. And I'm not amazed, but I'm always, the amount of pressure that can be taken off in an hour, two and a half, two hour session, you know, that's that's why we do what we do. Absolutely. Oh, you've hit, hit the nail on the head there. Um, I have a phone call before we book in. Most of us do that. We we have a chat to make sure that this is, the, you know, they understand what we're in for, that they are the right fit, that, you know, I'd be able to assist them as well, that they're coming to me so that, and I understand what their potential needs are for that discovery meeting. And in that, like I recently had a phone call with a young woman Um she's you know she's a she's single mum she's in her late 30s she's got she was on this incredible career path um and she really felt because also the parents were in her ear because she's got this baby so all of a sudden she's got this sort of shifted her dependence back to her parents which makes her feel like a child and I just unpacked all this stuff and in that conversation I didn't even have the discovery meeting with her yet but in that conversation I'm like hang on a minute at like First, she was in a, it was dire straits. It was crazy. I'm dying. I'm not dying, literally, but I'm, I'm, I feel snowed under and I don't know how I'm going to survive. And I'm a single parent and I've got a six month old and I don't know how I'm going to get back to work. And um, I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to be stuck with my parents forever, kind of thing. And by the end of that conversation, I was saying, you're doing fantastic. Since you get that kid in childcare, you're, you you know, two days a week, you're bringing in two grand. Like, that's fantastic. You've got all this equity in your property. Are you serious? What are you, like, and she hadn't thought of it like that. So we're not, just that one conversation, she goes, oh my gosh, thank you. I mean, I didn't need to, we didn't even get to that where we were booking the um, discovery meeting, but it, it was just that shift of, hang on a minute, let's put things in perspective. Because a lot of people get stuck in that fear. And often that fear is what keeps them away from coming to see us. But the other part of that fear is that um, it keeps them drowning for longer than they should be drowning. If someone comes in from a, with a logical point of view like us and go, have a look at this. Look at how, look at how good you're doing. And we can get you better, but let's just start where we start, you know. Yeah. And we've never been in a time more than we're told how we should look, be, money, through social media, I'm not blaming anything, but there's never been a time where there's been greater impression. This is why I'm passionate about people taking their own journey. You know, our purpose is about being brave and screwing the status quo for us, but as well as our clients. If we help get each family unit on their own journey, that's by their own design, they can largely ignore a lot of that external noise. They're living the life they genuinely want, they're having the experience that they want, and it's it, as a rule, what we see, it's generally within the realm of what they earn, the income and the expenses, you know, the cash flow, what they can afford to do. It's them largely probably being unsure about what it is and what's important to them. So that's this continual evolution for us here at Tribeca around changing the paradigm to financial well-being. What's really important to them, you know, bringing over, you know, this mindset overlay as well, and also educating people and giving them the tools around People often think, and you'd see this too, Amy, cash flow is a mythical beast. Well, it's income and expenditure. A lot of the clients we work with manage that in their, in their professional life, bringing that down to a household level. What's an appropriate structure? Discretionary accounts, they're in charge and they take it away. It's something else they don't have to think in their life, but it seems like it's micro, it's cash flow spreadsheet. They've been told it's something, but largely it's not. And it's bringing it back down to what's important to them. And again, just aligning it with what their goals are. So our job is to make the complex simple and then the simple compelling. I think demystify everything that's out there, make it nice and simple. We trade on added value, not perceived value here. So how can we continue to demonstrate value to our clients and what they see as value, both in a qualitative sense, security, freedom of choice, but also quantitative. So you know, minimising fees, strong returns, some tax structures, strategy and the like as well. So putting those two together in a simple format that they understand 
reason, obviously, why that's important too is understanding comes to ownership. They can own it, they can implement it, they build confidence off the back of it. Um, and we just take this whole big thing out of life that provide a lot of stress, angst, um, both for themselves, but also probably largely in their relationship as well. Absolutely. Oh, there's so much, so much in here um, that uh, we could probably talk all day about this stuff. Um, one thing I want to know about their journey, because once we get that client through the door, we get them to actually really start thinking about their um, their position, the situation at at the core of being cash flow is absolute thing. You know, I I don't like to call it a budget. I like them to create a name. I like to sort of show them there's a system we could basically automate it. It's it's like once we understand, it's tell your money where to go so it doesn't leave, so you know what it's doing. And the and the clients in charge of their money. Then right, I love that because they're in charge. It's not in charge of them. That's right. It's it's actually pulling back the reins, taking control. It's like. Mm. You know, it, it could be the beast or it can actually be tamed and be something that you are completely in control. It's like I always say, it's like pick your own adventure kind of thing. As long mm. as we know what the numbers are, we can then direct it to where it's got to go. Yeah. One I, one thing I find, and I'm sure you do as well, is after, you know, maybe the 12-month review or a few years into that relationship that you have with a client, that all of a sudden they start thinking bigger dreaming bigger or what they originally came to see you about what some of those things that they thought about is completely different um mm. have you got any stories where you've been thrown <laughs> where you're sort of thinking let's get to this review where where are we at and then they've gone and just done something quite outlandish but it actually makes sense to them yeah not necessarily outlandish but there's one client that comes to mind where when we first met with him it was all about spreadsheets returns and risk now i like i said i'm not a practicing advisor but i sat first chair in an appointment with our head of advice the other day and this is the you know everyone's an important client but this is one of our more you know significant or bigger clients here at tribeca and so we met with him and his wife and he's now retired and we went at their house but just the change in what's important to them now things around they've got two adults or early adult children um They've got aging parents, they've got experiences. So the spreadsheet doesn't even come out anymore. It is genuinely about where they're traveling to. It's got a new electric car that he's ordered on the way. That's two years away from BMW, but that's another story. But it's 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 genuinely more about how they can help and grow their kids um, to become successful adults, however they define that, and how can we put that support around them. So they're much, much bigger life-based discussions that sit outside financial and we haven't seen the spreadsheet for a number of years um they have enough money it's never going to run out um they never excess spend there's always planned expenditure that they don't actually meet or they don't spend the money so it's the reward in the discussion around what's truly important to them and our job is in the right way continuing to challenge our clients to be brave about what they want but also to your point um, we are we are continually amazed about when people build their confidence, then they can define about what's important. You know, a story recently around, I think advisors often forget that cash flow has got two levers. I've mentioned it earlier, income and expenditure. So empowering our clients to understand their work and explore that with their current employer or others. So the caveat there, obviously, Amy, is we don't encourage our, our clients, you know, to jump around jobs or anything like that, but also, we're passionate about, you know, we had a client a couple of years ago who got a 30, 35% pay rise. Now, what value do you put on that as an advisor? But that's introducing her to the right recruiter to have the confidence to have the right conversation with her existing employer. Great outcome. Stay with her current, she's a vet, stay with her current employer, but didn't know what she was worth or how to have the conversation. So it's challenging clients in other areas. I suppose there's an overlay there that is financial planning, but I think. It's an often mis it's not an FDS, it's not an SOA, it's not a strat it is, but it goes to what the client's worth and what their passion is and a career that they've built for themselves. So that's another area of growth we've seen with some of our clients as well. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad you raised that. Um I'm very passionate about um, you know, people understanding their wealth. And as you've probably seen over the last uh, you know, 12 months, there's been a lot of noise around gender pay gaps and equality and that um you know legislation's recently changed. And this is something I've been you know, you know, harping on about with some of my clients and also my female clients for the very fact that 
they women aren't you know often it's it's just not a normal thing to do to go and say hang on uh we're in this appraisal I I would like to increase my income I'm worth this I know my peers are earning this or just even questioning what your peers are earning versus what you're earning so and I used to often you know when we did a review on your insurance income protection it, it was around well, have you had a pay rise and just just those little quick questions that had people think about should you know I haven't had a pay rise in, in three years and one of those clients actually came back to me it was about two years maybe 18 months ago and actually sent me her numbers and went how would I approach this? How, it's similar to you. It's like, okay, these are the things that I've achieved. This is what I've done for the company. These are my KPIs I've achieved. These are the financials from outcomes of that. How do I approach them to say I, de- I deserve at least a 10% increase? Yeah. So, so we had a look and we, you know, helped her just word a little bit differently, um, just sort of so she also had that confidence going, okay, now I've got a team behind me that are also cheering me on to get this through. Um, And she had success. They pushed back initially, but she was like, well, I've got, I've been talking to other companies and she'd been there for a decade. So it was that kind of thing going, you know, I pushed back, I'm happy to go, but I think my value here is far more, you know, it's worth something to you as me, as well as me. Yeah. So it was, it was actually something that, really was a moment in what we do as in, in advice. And I think though we don't put that on our FDS, it's certainly something that a lot of advisors I know are starting to consider because, I mean, 35% with your client, that's fantastic. I mean, she's, and I th- and I think they must have been over the moon. Yeah, that's it. And obviously, you know, we're self-employed and a lot more advisors are these days, but we can still carry a degree of being institutionalised. And, and I, I say that for the fact of compliance, you know, but understanding compliance, what the rules and the framework looks like, there's a lot of bend and a lot of flex. And I don't say that in a game theory type of way. I say that in the opportunity to help and serve clients. That's that's just one recent, well, recently over the last couple of years that we've been using with clients. But the key is that, you know, that you and I both recognise understanding what's of value to the client. So if you've got a client that excels in those conversations, that's great. Well, there's probably another area, I don't want to say they're deficient, but they might not understand. And the other piece too, and we've previously discussed this around financial plan or financial wellbeing, is that we find that the more educated our clients are and the deeper they are in their expertise, maybe the less they understand about particular things we do or other fields, it's almost more deep and narrow. So the ability for practitioners like yourself and then people here at Tribeca to build trust with those types of people, build networks with them and really help them. Like I know we've got a significant opportunity recently around working with a number of barristers. Now, a lot of people might go, you know, but, you know, for us, it's about structure and it's about education and how can we help their time for experts in their field how can we become this trusted source or metaphorically sit at the family board to really help them on the journey and take another significant admin pain in the butt piece so they can get on and do what they're really passionate about? Absolutely. Uh, there are a lot of advisors that are starting to to do that, myself included, is um, looking at certain sectors and going, mm. that's where this, you know, I'm working in the sort of lawyer space uh, at the moment. Obviously, I speak to a lot of family lawyers because um, and my, you know, I seem to attract a lot of divorcees. But it's also now going to that level of that education is so important um, as well because when our clients have a broader understanding of their financial position, one, they're going to be, as you brought it up, brought up that level of confidence increases and they feel far more in control and they kind of exceed you know you see that we see that every year even when we have a year like we've just had with 18 months of severe volatility and downturns in the markets that doesn't matter it's more about the what what we're doing in terms of okay let's you you're you're incredibly busy these are things that we're going to do for you so you don't have to worry about it too much and and a lot of that's you know we do behind the scenes that they know and trust that we're doing um because uh, team are emailing them or following they're sending them stuff or they get an update on what's going on in the markets and what their portfolios are doing but the reality is where we there are so there are so many things that we offer 
from a value point of view besides all of that compliance stuff that we have to deal with which i'm I'm hoping to see a nice shift with the quality of advice review um, fingers, crossed, love, right? fingers crossed yes yes i love that you sort of say it's a one page it's like i start with a proposal before mm. i even start really the work to the soa mm. i put together a spreadsheet of just so they can see in that discovery meeting of what they're there what things look like you know but the end of the day when we have our re review meetings that that comes up for about five minutes and the rest of the conversation is really the stuff about what's going on in their lives and sometimes it's like even talking about how the kids are going or the fact mm. that someone's just graduated or whatever the case may be and that's well, where the satisfaction is so totally agree you know on the odd occasion amy you know to your point about kids of clients depending on where they're at life stage there's a couple of things we've done we've done like our our mini goal setting process for young adults of our you know our clients and running them through that and had some good fun with that we've also on a couple of occasions kind of done what i'd call an interceptor conversation with the kids of our clients there was uh, there's a conversation a couple of years ago in terms of kids were spending about seven thousand dollars a year on apple products and the the clients just didn't know where to start or how to have the conversation with their clients very successful on their own right these parents so for us one of our advisors stepped in held the meeting spoke with the kids and obviously the parents were there as well it was a it was a um, brother and sister and the advisor goes why do you think we're here and the sister goes he spends too much money uh, so it was quite so they knew but in terms of it wasn't a blame it was really a growth-based conversation and it, this really goes not to go down too much of a tangent but this really goes back to what's important to our clients generally it's family friends holidays hobbies and the like as well so and that family unit in whatever form it takes in 2023 being so important what value can an advisor add is it on a proactive piece around goals and the like or is it potentially it is to help on that cash flow side and as a family do they know what they're spending potentially what kids are doing around that as well and sometimes you know the parents they're just too close or you know they're not arms to have that conversation that's where you know we've stepped in for the right client at the right time oh god that's awesome that's mm. so good I've, I've built a, a financial literacy course and i've often gone you know maybe they could log in and I'll give them the logins and they can access that and because your existing clients and you've been with me for years you know they they can have that but they don't have the skin in the game and they probably mm. coming from a, a there's quite a distance between so i really like that how old were they if you don't mind uh from memory i think about 15 and 17 so i might have been 16 and 18 but around that so not quite adults in their own right but yeah seven it was i remember seven thousand dollars a year on apple price so itunes and all that stuff when it was around um and they didn't know they were just clicking and it, it was simply adding up and something in that instance when you had those things across different expense lines something had to give um, mm -hmm. and we at tribeca we practice what we preach right having the conversations that need to be had so we do that internally as a key cultural trait but also with our with our clients as well um and what, what we need to do there so yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting one it was a, it was a good opportunity and we created that effective change which is the most important thing I have to admit, I've had a very similar conversation with now my 15-year-old. At the time, he was about 11. Yeah. Um, and it was challenging during COVID as well to sort of go, oi, what do you, because <laughs> everything started coming through. And yeah. because of what I, like we're a family business, right? So I'm, I'm sort of seeing everything and I always actually pull them up and go, this goes against my values and against integrity with what i do for work right yeah. so we got it, like i i throw that at them i probably maybe need to word up word it a little differently and be a bit kinder around it because i think i put the guilt on them a bit too heavily but i do like the idea of actually having that having that conversation or having your clients go you know what i do have these teens or young adults mm. and i'd love you to sit down with them i've often offered that but i haven't had that opportunity to really sit there and go you know hey how can I assist and, you know, get you guys on track? And I, I love this goal concept as well. So do you do you just roll that out as an online um, No, so we, obviously we could do it through this type of medium, but also in person. But it's really a condensed version of the 10-3 now that we run with our clients. So we know with our advisors too, the 10-3 now is malleable with a primary or, you know, an ideal client or even, say, the kids of an ideal client. If someone's five years out from retirement, we'll, we would do a five 
three now, a five one now. So it's got to be, you know, I suppose lifestyle or life component uh, appropriate. So, but we would do that with the kids. You know, if you've got someone who's eighteen and their their parents are like, okay, got an apprenticeship or whatever it is, so earning regular money, probably not paying rent because they live at home. What's the right structure? Cool. Why don't we set up a little goal setting? Why don't we take them through a condensed forty five minute hour um, education around that ten? Or in this instance, three one now. They're three, oh, it might be an overseas holiday or travel or something like that. Give them the appropriate cash flow structure, encourage them to save 25 to 50% of what they, they bring in. High mark 50, but they can create somewhere about that across their life. And that obviously would translate to a mortgage in time if they want to go to that path. Um, yeah, giving them the right skills to start with the right habits. And then it's their goal. Is it a car they want, a holiday they want? The really ambitious one will want to start in property somewhere. Cool. What's it going to take? What would a deposit look like? How do you avoid mortgage insurance? Things like that. Not that we take for granted, but these are our tools of the trade, right? Um, educating them and with our, you know, their parents or our clients, that's the best gift you can give. You just see how thankful they are about that service being, about that service being provided. And point I want to make about this too, Amy, I know a lot of advisors are always challenged around how do they find new clients? I think we often know them, but we don't know it. So what I mean by that is our own networks, both personal and professional. How many of those people are clients? I was, someone said to me a long time ago, who would want to do a better job than someone you know? You know, who, who would want to look after them any better than that? So, you know, for us, we really follow that philosophy around who's in the network? What does the family tree look like? Generally, you know, someone's got three or four siblings, and there's probably some, there's some problems around that or extended families or blended families, you know, like we have as well. There's always something going on. Taking the time and care to understand that family tree, explore that estate planning discussion, obviously for the right reasons. We know where our next clients are. I think we try and sometimes, and it's good to look out in you know, prospect and centres of influence and the like, but if we go with who we know, how much value we're adding, and is there somewhere in our trusted client network, they'll generally have someone that they're worried about, although people in the network might now be orphan clients with all the advisors leaving the industry. If we're saying we're open for business, have you seen value? Is there anyone you know that we can help? If so, then teach them how to introduce. That That's also the goal around building a business, but more importantly, helping more people, which invariably, there's one thing that ties us all together in terms of being an advice, we got here because we want to help people. So just a little bit of a tangent there, but that's what we're passionate into. How can we help the next people? And often it's they're simply connected with somebody we already know, both personally and professionally. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that. Um, I, I mean, I built my business from nothing. I didn't, I wasn't one of those advisors that built, you know, bought a book when I started out. Um, so it's been word of mouth. It has been referrals from people who either worked with me or knew me. And um, when I think about my business and how it's grown, it's always been a referral base. It's somebody who's either been an existing client, experienced, you know, my services and what I, their journey with me, or they've been, um, I've got a couple of accountants that I work with and they've loved the, the journey that their clients have mm-hmm. come on. And so they all go, go speak with Amy about this situation or whatever. Love those accountants that do that just in the beginning of June when the capital gains tax issue comes along. Mm. That was a bit that was a bit crazy this year. I've, I think if anyone who's been trying to get in touch with me in the last month, sorry, I've got That's a few a people to blame there. Just out of interest, Amy, are those accountants who refer to you, are they clients of yours as well? Um, neither of them. In fact, one of them, there's two that are main referrers. One yeah. actually has a financial planning arm in his firm. Wow. Okay. But I, but he refers business to me, which I feel speaks volumes, and I'm quite humbled by that. Mm. The other is actually um, very good friends. Over the years, it was more from a social environment than actually working. And then one day, he's like, "I've been passing on these clients to this advisor. I hardly know who lives. He's just downstairs in the building. Mm. I think I should be doing that for you." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, thanks." And then after, you know, a couple of referrals, it was like, then he was having me come into meetings and saying, have a chat with us together. So he started to really get to know how I worked. Um, He's would be, if you want, like, in terms of advice, he would be under the um, sort of banner of a sophisticated investor. He's got, he doesn't really need to work as an accountant. He loves to help people. 
so he gets work but often he's sort of filtering that around because he's got businesses and things like that so I haven't really poached him to be his um advisor however I look after some of his family members cool and And trusts and things from that that's great because the reason why I ask and it's just it's in this COO this connecting space you know for people that are listening to this is around you know and we do presentations but when we've got other professionals who have been through the process and we don't ask for commitment to engage but just live and breathe it if you've done the 10 3 now you've done a financial well-being matrix you you know you've lived and breathed it and if you get value but don't want to that's fine as well but one of the best endorsements is around when they could talk to their clients and the fact that they they're going through the process or they have and they've seen value through it that's that's where that's a real place of gold for us as well so can you break down um just explain to our listeners because i'm going to really promote this more in the linkedin space because this is going to be great for our professional years as well as Mm. existing advisors so um because i think there's so much here that people can take away who run advice businesses for those who aren't advisors who are you know followers of sensibility podcast i still think that there's a lot of value in this especially if you're having conversations with your advisor so do you mind just breaking down this 10-3 now process and just sort of explain yeah, sure. what so, that's all about yeah absolutely once again it's not proprietary so there was a time probably six or seven years ago it's this is important to note that we worked we've got our own license but we work deal to deal with fitzpatrick's private wealth so this is a process that they came up with the change for us is we decided how can we bring it more to the mass, more to the mum and dad. So what we do is literally a whiteboard and a texter, and we look at, we challenge the client, where do they want to be in 10 years? And we really encourage them to go there. And we look at that live, love, learn, and legacy. And we take them through examples, and some people will just, will get it down on a whiteboard. Others, it will take some time, depending on their personality. For those that take time, we give them examples about what other clients are too. We try and be as diverse as we can in that to promote that thought. You know, learn could be an instrument, gardening, a language, something that potentially they were passionate about as a kid, but they've never had time for again. So how can you go back to that? Like I know one of my aunts has turned 70. She's gone back to learning the guitar. It's just, it's something to occupy the mind and promote that type of growth. So we really spend a lot of time. This exercise will be about 45 minutes. Really invest a lot of time in that. Where do they want to be in 10 years? But once again, if they've got another timeline, you know, uh, to retire or some other significant goal, we can shorten that time frame accordingly. Then we bring it back down to three years. So it's probably, it's being around more realistic and how can we create those concrete goals in the three years? And a lot from 10 will translate to that, but basically be linear versions. Then we get to the now, and we break this down into cash flow, investment, and contingency. And we look to build smart goals out of that. So specific, measurable, attainable, and the right and the like of our cash flow investment. And this is our time. Where can we really demonstrate value around where they said they had problems around security and freedom of choice? This financial well-being matrix exercise we go through that we've built. And it's like where can the rubber hit the road around cash flow, income, expenses, mortgage, and the like? investment inside outside super and then the contingency risk insurance review state planning up to date and we have this long list and generally we deal with or we work with people who are time poor and we'll say okay now that's the list you came in here you wanted help you you know so how much of this do you want to do and how much of this do you want us to do and then you'll see them confer and right yep now this is what we want we want yourselves to do it and this is where we ask for a commitment for them on the day, a financial commitment for them to engage with us. And then we start on we start on the journey with them. So the whole discovery report would take about an hour and a half. That's the key that's the key part for us. That 10-3 now. And the deeper and the more documented and the more specific goals we can get, that's great. Now, realistically, we probably clients achieve a lot of those goals in the 10-year well before. And some they'll never achieve. But it's kind of not the point either. The point is about what's the documented goal? How does the partnered couple get on the same page around that and simply start the journey to have the confidence with what life throws at them they can deal with from a financial point of view? And they've got trusted professionals that are in that have got their back, as you mentioned earlier. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, I mean, because we all have our own 
style of our discovery meeting. I find the discovery meeting and then the onboarding process such an incredible part of the journey. Like that's laying laying down that foundation for one, becoming the trusted advisor and two, um, allowing and you know, holding that space for this for these clients, either, you know, the couple client or the single client that comes to us to actually open up and be um, really, I guess, vulnerable to the situation. And that's a, a big ask that we have as advisors. And it's something that I believe unfortunately the uh, education system and <clears throat> ASIC they don't actually understand even though we've got this whole ethics framework which is great they don't really understand what is a trusted advisor and um, what you've just said there is absolutely you know hits nail on the head a trusted advisor is that person that has allowed that client to come in and really have a think about what's important to them and then be given the opportunity to actually open up in some cases be incredibly vulnerable in some cases also sort of face some of their fears potentially because sometimes thinking about the financial future is can be terrifying especially when you've had past experiences where you may have made mistakes as we said earlier in this podcast a lot of clients come to us thinking that they're you know they're behind the eight ball that they're failing or they're they've done all these wrong things it's like or or i need an investment property why yeah exactly i was like all my friends are doing this i feel like i'm behind i get i feel like i'm behind by most of my female clients it's like almost the song that i hear every Mm. single time and that discovery meeting is so important because we do ask a lot of these clients and it's actually something I appreciate and I make sure they understand. I said, thank you, because if they can't be open and share all this stuff, it's really hard for us to continue doing our job. And so the key part of our framework of knowing our client and best interest duties, I don't believe is actually about, I mean, of course, we've got to do our research, we've got to do that. But this key piece, this discovery meeting, that's where it starts. That's so important. And I love that you've just shared such a, the, your pillars, your structure and process, because um, I know for, for me, I have my process, but I'm actually going to play with some of your ideas here in my, in a, as I go with um, my discovery meeting. It's, it's a very fluid process, as you know. Every person comes through the door on through my Zoom are different, you know. Um, they've got a different story. They've got a different um, experience in life, but they've all worked the same the same thing that um, they're all coming with is usually a bit of fear a bit of anxiety around money a desire to do better and they want change and and people what we see people generally change out of inspiration or desperation so you Absolutely. don't get one you only get one or the other it probably it probably leans far more to the desperate within reason the desperation body not feel not feel like they're getting anywhere and the thing is they're not being kind to themselves because they don't have their own plan. So they can't be behind anything because that's that's simply not documented. And the key, the key, obviously, their plan, their plan, not anyone else's, not Instagrams, doesn't matter what anyone, remember about the Joneses? I mean, you and I have discussed this before. It is what is, insert your last name in that, what, what's important to you and your family and what's your plan and what's, what does your good life look like? When you put it like that, it just, I'm hoping that anyone who listens to this actually goes, wow, that's an awesome job. You guys do such a great job. And I, this is the part of the job that I love. You know, um, I'm very good now at delegating all this stuff that I don't like, all the admin paperwork things. <laughs> but this is the stuff like get me in front of my clients, get me in front of um, people who really want to have a conversation around what their goals are and where they want to go. And having this conversation also with other advisors that are incredibly passionate about making a difference to other people's lives, because that's what we're here to do. You know, at the end of the day, we've had been, I brought this up before with, been given such a tough rap because a couple of bad apples were in, you know, were in the field and all of a sudden no one wanted to be there. Mm. And it's like, well, that's not how we are. And that's that's why I wanted, you know, do these podcasts and share these stories. So I really am grateful for um, you really sharing that, that foundation piece, which I believe is that discovery meeting. So from your discovery meeting, you then go, you sort of got the, the you know, the, the 10-3 now sort of process with understanding those key things with um, love, live. live. Yeah, live, love, learn and legacy. Learn and, and legacy. Yeah. 
And then after that, you go away and you're now building your plan. Oh, you've also, you give them the opportunity of what do you want to do and what are you prepared to do? Yeah, that's right. I love that. Once again, it's really, it's the choice. So it's not, we're all, we're all selling to a degree, but we're letting the values do that. But it's, they've told us, I call it the top right-hand corner of the whiteboard. It's what have you come in today in their words, which once again is very compliant, which is good. So when you have, what are their words and what's their pain? But when they've come in and they're time poor and we want help and, so they've said, okay, they've made a commitment to us. They've paid us. They've paid us a fee. It's um, a percentage of our statement of advice. They'll say, yes, okay, go away. We'll book in a strategy appointment in two weeks' time. The key headlines there are around redefining or defining the smart goals. We'll look at risk profiling, and we'll have done a bit of research. So once it's strategy, but it's also continued alignment. Did we hear you correctly? Are these the goals? If you can't achieve them all, what do we need to prioritise? So we'll invest an hour there. And continue to take them on the journey um, and then in three weeks two to three weeks after that which what we call a my good life meeting or appointment um, or the, the statement of advice basically is what it is so we'll deliver that totally in about a five-week period so when we come to the statement of advice they'll will abort them on the journey they're their goals they'll understand some headlines around strategy and potentially had to make some choices around redefining what's important or not then they have which Let's be honest, it's largely a compliance-based document, but it, it ticks all of those boxes around goals, strategy, tactics, disclosures, fees, and the like as well. So we see a lot of our clients in that My Good Life, obviously present it, guide it, read them through it, and they're signing, they're engaging, and we start the implementation process there because we've altered that. Well, we've, we've built this process around 15-minute phone call like self, discovery, strategy, and My Good Life, as opposed to Potentially, in the, you know, years gone past, we didn't have the strategy, which meant you get to the my good life and they haven't been taken on that journey so much, um, which means things take longer on, on the back end then as well. Yeah, you know, I, I did that too. I introduced that. I sort of introduced the strategy piece a little bit into the um, discovery meeting mm-hmm. only because I get to, I, I want them, similar to you, you you're giving them, okay, <clears throat> You've told us all what you want. Now, what would you like to be doing yourself and what can we do? So you can then pull that together. What I'm doing is similar, but I put a bit of a strategy in that discovery meeting so they can see some of my ideas. And then I throw a proposal, but following that proposal, we go further into a strategy so that then I can far, you know, d- define more in detail mm-hmm. what is actually going to be the advice piece because as you know and many of us who are listening the advice piece is more around you know we're putting together a recommendation some of which is going to be you know recommending a type of financial product but the strategy itself sometimes doesn't even it that's that's the key part of the advice but the SOA is really saying the pros and cons of maybe getting that insurance policy or doing that super switch for the purpose of this portfolio that we think is more beneficial for you based on your goals and what we're mm. doing, you know, all and, of those things. And the challenge with that, and not to go too much over the past, but the challenge is, is the industry, as we transition to a profession, but the industry, based on its bad behaviour, then the regulator brought in rules to try and govern that, but it was never the value of advice in the first place. But by having such a concentrate of banks and AFSLs and making it about product, that's why we are where we are now, and that's what that's why the fire burns for Tribeca around where we want to go and take it there. And even in this environment, obviously you yourself and, and Tribeca as well, and plenty of other advice firms are showing that you can still add values even in this heavily regulated environment. Which is, you know, we're all in it together. I suppose it's probably largely based on yeah past bad behaviour of a few, like you said. Yeah. Oh, look, I could go on all, all um, afternoon, all day, all morning and afternoon on that kind of thing because don't get me started with uh, that that yeah. level of, of the business. But we are heavily regulated and um, I think what we're, the key thing and what you're doing, which is incredibly special, is actually demonstrating such value that is important to that client versus what is value to a business because that'll actually have a ripple effect anyway. The value to that client is going to be so much more the greater gift because they're going to actually thrive. As they thrive, it's just going to dem- you know, show in every other area of their lives that they're going to go, what's changed in your life? 
there goes another referral probably back to you guys as in, in that business and that's basically mm. a similar concept with how I've grown in my business is because I'm not in it to be a box ticker and kick KPIs and well it'd be great to have a profitable business but I'm in it because I'm actually passionate to see people thrive mm. and yeah. that's what I'm loving about having these conversations and I'd love to you know there's so many things I'll talk with you on offline but I, I want to make sure that this gets put out there in places like LinkedIn um, where you know our colleagues can really have a, a listen I think this is fantastic you've just given such great um, insight to the good work that you do for your clients and and this is what I'm passionate about you know only being 42 but you know starting the self-employed journey at 25 a lot of people over the years have opened doors helped me a lot and it's incumbent upon um, you know, we've got some experience in, uh, here at Tribeca and the like. It's I'm genuinely passionate about helping people. You know, I, I, I am. You know, we talk about purpose, vision, and economic engine here at Tribeca. I'm I'm passionate about those three areas, obviously. And then anybody who chooses to be brave or reaches out who wants to have a conversation, not for Tribeca's benefit, I'm happy to share because there's never been more clients out there. There's only up to 5,000 advisors who actually serve new clients of the 15,000 based on advisor ratings latest landscape report. So we're not in competition. We're here, it should be far more collegiate and we're here to help. And if with years of experience, I can help early late 20s or early, it doesn't matter what people's age is or what they can give, we're happy to share because we want you know the client or the Australian consumer to get a far better advice experience because this is what we need to share with them to drive us to being a professional. Absolutely. So for anyone who's listening who isn't advisor, um, I hope you still got a lot of value in this. If you haven't sought advice and you're considering it, then maybe have some, you know, arm yourself with some questions around some of the key things that Brian and I have shared today, um, if that sort of resonates with you, because the key part of advice is it's not just the dollars. It's it that's a piece of it. It's getting you to be that in that road of um, you know, the, the choose your own adventure. You're growing in your own journey, but you're feeling in control. You're not, you know, losing sleep at night. You're not stressed. So that's that's a, you know one of the outcomes of getting that quality advice. And the other thing is, if you're an advisor, don't hesitate to reach out to either of us. Um, I think sharing this stuff. If you've got great ideas, I'd love to hear that as well. If you want to be on the podcast, come along. Thank you so much, Ryan. Um, all your details will be in the show notes as well for people to reach out to you as well. Fantastic. Thanks for the opportunity, Amy. It's a pleasure. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share the love, like and share all posts. Social links are in the show notes below. Please note that any information shared in this podcast is general in nature and not to be perceived as financial advice. Please seek advice from a licensed financial advisor just like me. We also want to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation as the traditional custodians of this country we record this podcast in. We recognise their continuing connection to the land and waters and thank them for protecting this coastline and its ecosystems since time immemorial. <laughs> <laughs>